What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening. This is episode of the Throne Tales podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. Tonight, we are recapping episode uh, two of season eight, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. This was an episode leading up to our big battle next week in, uh, for the Battle of Winterfell. We had a lot of reunions this episode. Uh, we got closer and closer to kind of getting to our big showdown with the White Walkers. So, without further ado, let's get right to this podcast recap. So, joining me for, uh, are my co-hosts. First, starting off with Vlad Francois. Vlad, what do you got to say to the people of America, you like to always say? And uh, <laughs> what do you think of this episode? Hello, America. How you doing? Um, hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. This is definitely the first take of this episode that we're recording right now and not the second take. So what I want to say Because a phone randomly started vibrating that we still know where it was or who it was. You got to answer the call. It was the, the Night's Watch. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I, I really like how this episode was like a part two of like, I guess you could say a reunions. Um, but I do like, I did like the pace of it. It was like the threat is very imminent. Everyone's still preparing. Dragonglass weapons are being, you know, crafted well. It feels like, it looks like they've been like setting up tracks, uh, traps, sorry. Um, you know, getting people ready. And, uh, I remember what, there was one scene where Tyrion pointed out how everyone was like fighting against the Starks. And now everyone is like defending the Starks and Winterfell. And those like, it was a nice little like turnaround. Well, everyone is trying to be on the surviving side rather than the you know who's on who's coming out on top so i like this episode i also like this episode um i did think it was a good poignant thing you pointed out that uh and poignant thing that Tyrion pointed out that uh that you had the the all the people who were at some point were at odds with the starks and it kind of was interesting because it kind of brings back the whole fact that the Starks really are the center of the show, you know, all, you know, all three of them that are still surviving with Arya, Sansa and, um, and, uh, Jon Snow, who's not, who is a star, but also is a, is a Targaryen, which got very confusing as we saw at the end of the episode in his explanation to Danny. but, uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, let me introduce you to our, my other co-hosts are James Holly. James, what did you think of this episode? Uh, and what was your takeaway? Episode sixty nine, and it was very horny. See, I nice. I, I saw one. Nice. Per, I saw someone else say that for uh, episode sixty nine, this is not go. They did not go nearly as far as they should have with the. Oh no! I, sexuality. Well, going far, it's like kind of unnecessary because the battle is right there. But I do like how there was like strong sexual tension in many scenes. Because yeah, it was pretty it, horny. It's not the horniest yeah. the show's ever been, but it was horny. It was it was it was horny enough. It was it was adequately horny. I was uh well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Vlad saving him saving himself there. Yeah. Uh, there were confirmed bodies. I can uh I can definitely say that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> As us. you all know, I I'm a fond fan of confirmed bodies. Yes, that is. You haven't had any confirmed kills, so now you just transition into the confirmed bodies. Uh, oh, give it a week. Yeah, well, next week I think you'll be uh, definitely. <laughs> I got my pen and paper ready. <laughs> um, joining us also on the podcast this week is Billy Torres. Billy, um, our resident uh, song of fire and ice expert here. What did you make of this episode? I 
like most of the episodes last few seasons, I'm really torn on it because in a way, the way the episode was set up was kind of hilarious because it felt like a sitcom. Everybody was sitting <laughs> on the fire and then Norman walks in and they're all like, Norm! And then they just reminisce about stuff we already know happening, which I liked for the atmosphere of it. But it right. did, it felt so bizarre in a way. But, and also, there were good moments, like, in this episode, characters actually talked to each other like human beings would. Like, they didn't just make passive-aggressive comments while they were in a war room and then walk away and then never address what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, with Sansa and Daenerys in the last episode. Right. Where they're just weirdly catty with each other for no reason. I like that they sat down and spoke with each other. Because the whole episode was people just sitting... And speaking with one another, which was very good, which I did enjoy. But so, yeah, the, and, and it kind of, yeah. So that, that's where we can start off from. It's really, it's interesting that people are bringing things up that happened that no one has spoken about in two, three years, and they're they're now they're like, all right, we have exhausted. All of our character interactions. Yeah. They ended the last episode with... Well, they they kind of implied that this episode would be when the White Walkers actually came. So we thought, okay, this is going to... Um, this is going to be when they actually the fight actually starts. But it starts at the end of the episode. So now you know for sure they have exhausted all of their character interactions. And it's just going to be balls to the wall action in the next episode. I want yeah, yeah, go like ahead, Um well yeah, um off of Billy was saying a lot of these characters are it seems like they're wrapping up their loose ends in terms of like, oh hey you're alive. Oh you too and then like they have their conversation and like like say for example Arya and um and the hound like on top of the rooftop. It's like, oh okay you're alive. Oh you you know used to be this way and now you're this way, blah blah blah. And it's like okay, you know, last probably last time these people will ever see each other again. I don't know until the, until they're on the battleground, but I feel like a lot of these characters were like tying up loose ends so that they could just go straight into the battle, I guess next episode or just not have to talk to each other until post war. I have no idea, but I did like how, as Billy said, everyone's talking to each other and like, you know, having character moments and not just like getting these plot points out of the way. I get the impression, and James, you could you could uh, jump in if you feel differently or the same. Um, I I get the I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get more and more of an impression that this could be the end of the line for everyone that's in Winterfell. Um, we only have four episodes left, and to me, barring some massive time jump, I don't see how these people end up ever resolving whatever happens in the south with you know Cersei yeah. and all that you know like I don't know yeah, the, the vibe I, uh, this vibe I got from this episode is definitely a last supper episode and look I mean that's that could all uh, of course be done for like you know I know we do this on Easter Sunday um it's it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh of course it could be done from you know for you know creative effect but just the way the pacing of the season is played out I mean, after the next week, there'll only be three episodes. I mean, I, you know, I just don't see how you're going to have, you know, what you would assume to be another major battle 
down south with uh yeah. with with you know no, I see what you're saying. john's crew and everyone like i don't know how you have that in three episodes and after what happens here mm-hmm. when you know one episode is going to be just a fallout from what happened just now yeah um th- that's the thing um that's the thing i was talking about last week and this week too like the brand's like oh we don't have time for this they clearly do yo they are padding this season it's so crazy. I feel like they couldn't get to six episodes, but then they could barely get to six episodes. Some of the stuff that's happening. There's so many just like meaningful looks in this episode where people just, <laughs> just say stuff and then just stare at each other again. Mm-hmm. Like uh, half the time, Arya was talking to Gendry. Um, the entire time, uh, Sam and uh, John were on the wall. Like almost any discussion that Torment has, like to to refer specifically to them at the fireplace it yeah. used to be conversations like that you would discuss something like like political or like big picture you know what i mean like right. how are you going to deal with this problem that we have and then you have a back and forth and the subtext would be we found each other at the fire because it was the middle of winter and it was cold as hell now they're just talking about how it's the middle of winter and it's cold as hell and we're going to do what we should do which is stay by the fire and it's like like, y'all ain't got nothing else to do to talk about, to, like, to suggest. But, like, they uh, don't, because that's what it is. The whole, the whole, this whole episode, it was just, like, everyone's at a quote-unquote fire, whether that fire is the literal one inside Winterfell, or it's on the wall drinking with somebody you don't like, or it's uh, down in the basement, or if it's in the crypt, or if it's on the wall, or whatever. And it's just, feel- like... I know what you did. This next fight, I feel like it's going to be two episodes. Mm. Like, I can't, I can't shake uh, where I saw this, but there's like a rumor that they filmed a three-hour battle episode. I think like, I, I think I heard something like that too. Like, 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 like maybe not that specifically, but also that like this season would deliver the biggest episode, biggest battle rather. That had ever happened in all Game of Thrones. It was going to be crazy. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a two episode fight for Winterfell thing, and then that then like you're saying, there's a Fallout episode. That's three. That brings us to four episodes. That rather that brings us five episodes on the season, and then I think there is going to be a time jump about uh, just sort of uh, yada yada. Like where are they uh, now? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, where are they? Are, yeah. are they now? I was thinking. I was kind of thinking that too. Um, like, is the show brave enough to like have the battle last that long, and then just have like the last episode like show you know where everyone is or where like the seven kingdoms lie, exactly. or <clears throat> or can they just show the futility of these people's lives and like just go to the far future where like this nameless kingdom is like t- usurping this village and it's like oh like. <clears throat> like the previous kingdom of Westeros never existed or don't, didn't even matter. Are they that brave to like yeah rewrite I'm history or like e- or like erase the past to like yeah. keep forward to, to convey that oh these people's lives didn't matter because you know life just happened and vic- and you know history is won by the victor. I don't know. Maybe, so maybe if it- Cersei wins, she might just erase Winterfell and every other kingdom. Like off- Cersei wins. Off- Night King in four. Sure. <laughs> But I I agree with what you said, James, about 
the way that the conversations felt kind of uncomfortable because everything was so imminent. But I feel the reason that you felt that way was because the last two seasons, everybody was just standing in place talking about nothing. Like, for example, Samwell could have given his ancestral sword to Jorah Mormont some other time. It didn't have to just be right before the fight. And there's a lot of other character interactions that could have happened earlier. Or they tried, but it just felt like that's kind of why I'm torn about the episode because I did like the interaction, but it was so jammed together where it felt like a bottle episode. Like you didn't care for the interaction? They switched scenes a couple times. But like the idea was that when there was a bunch of scenes where there was like five or six characters interacting with one another, which is what we've wanted for so long, yeah. and what they were inter- their interactions were interesting and had to do with that character and brought up past events. But after five or no, three or four years just talk, making dick jokes and walking in circles, it, yeah. felt, it felt You empty. don't have much to talk about. It's like, yeah. oh, let's joke about that time I talked about your dick last season. Yeah. And then now it's like, oh, wow. Um, especially um, um, Leanna Mormont. Yeah. And Jorah Mormont had an interaction for once. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Zora basically ruined his house and got rid of his claim and disgraced everybody in his family. And Jorah went to the wall and all this happened. That's interesting that their interaction is like, you're a scrub. Get out of my face, uncle, or whatever you are. Your cousin. And yeah. that, that was cousin. interesting. But with, it, it could have happened earlier. They kind of, it felt so dense, which... Which is good and bad in some ways, but then now going back to the implications for the the end of the show, mm-hmm. like I feel like the 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 show is called a Game of Thrones because they're everyone's talking about the Iron Throne. Who's going to be on the Iron Throne? They sell their ten thousand dollar replicas of the Iron Throne. The show is about who's going to be on the Iron Throne, not about the the very sophomore-ish reference to Ice and Fire that the the entire book series is about, really. It's not about duality or whatever. It's about who's going to be on the throne. That's what they've been focusing on the whole time. So, in a way, that kind of makes me scared because they're, they're really talking about Cersei. Like, like, they're really talking about the conflict in the South like it's going to be an issue. And if it is going to be an issue, then, like you guys mentioned, where's the time? Because, yeah. and but also they they kind of highlighted a clear way that the Night King could lose. They did. So that felt too suspicious to me. Like, are they really going to just off the Night King in one or two episodes? And then, could you imagine if this next battle is like half the episode or like I, only like, forty minutes? I can't imagine and that's going to happen. But I, I literally just p- pitched it as like a two-episode fight, and now what Billy's saying is also like flip a coin. They're right. both. That's like, a good analogy, James. Yeah. Flipping a coin because if you flip a coin, let's say you flip a coin ten times in a row, you get he- you keep getting heads. You're feeling like eventually going to get tails. That's kind of how I feel about the show, where it's just like, wow, they really just have not punched us in the gut in five yeah. or six seasons. They have not. They they have not it capable of. That so in a way, right? 
So half of my mind is like, oh, they're going to do the most corny, obvious end of the show. Yeah, where because they've been doing it the last my... 10 episodes. Exactly. So yeah. they're gonna... So in my head, I'm like, oh, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. But in the mm. back of my head, I'm like, okay, they could just do the opposite because they haven't yeah. done it for so long. I, I don't want to give them the benefit. <clears throat> I think they're. I think they've become, I guess you could say, safe. They haven't really made like power plays like that in a long time, where like a sub a person's life was in like last person the person last time a person's life was in danger was a uh, uh, John Snow at Battle of the Bastards, where it was like a really cool setup for him to die, I guess. But then you know he was saved and then he won the battle or whatever. But they haven't like come that close to killing a, a beloved character or even having, you know, major harm come to them in a long time. So I don't know if they're, if the show, the show's writers <clears throat> are going to be that um, brave to, you know, tug at, you know, tug at our heartstrings like that in the next, in the coming episodes. Um, I don't know if they, I, I don't know if they're going to be so corny where they're going to, like, kill a bunch of, like, tertiary characters that, you know, could stand to die and not many people are going to really care. Or if they're really going to, like, go for it and, like, kill a couple main characters. That I mean, who knows. who would be main characters to you guys that in the next battle, like, what death in the next episode would you be like, wow, that's a main character that died? Because I think that's important, too. Not to, not to play semantics, yeah. what do you mean by main character? Because yeah. we have thirty main characters at this point. Like, mate, like, I, I mean, that's why I asked that question. I think, like, it, to me, it's your own interpretation. I'm just curious because I, that's why, that's specifically why I asked it. Because my thing is, well, what's maybe main to me as a death may not be main to you guys, or maybe main to you guys may not be main to me. Because I, well, for me, a main character is like a character with a storyline that the show followed for any like particular amount of time. So someone, I, so I think James someone in the background said Brienne. If Brienne died next yeah. week, would that be a main death, a major death to you guys? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, not only did they follow Brienne for a while with, um, you know, with Catelyn, she, you know, she was with Jamie. She, uh, Brienne has had a lot of, like, screen time. Okay, what about, what about Grey Worm? A lot of development. What about Grey Worm? Uh, he's not you know how character. I feel about Grey Worm. I think he's a yeah, secondary. This time is him, I wouldn't put him in, in like, main tier. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he died next week either. Yeah, if he. Died, I, I think he's I, definitely I, dying. I mean, next that sucks for a missing day. But, I'll be clear. Know. I think he's definitely dying next week for sure. I think yeah, they yeah, set they set up his death. Oh, uh, they telegraphed his death majorly. Oh my god, that's so annoying. Do you think uh, like that talk he had with missing day is uh like setting up his like tragic death? It absolutely he's, is. Uh, he's basically that's so annoying. He's, 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 he's basically saying he's really one battle away from retirement. Damn it! I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that exact quote. <laughs> oh, God. Out of my brain. Oh, I wasn't fast enough. For TV show, what I love about it's literally the same thing. Is... <clears throat> the is, man. What was that, James? What was that, James? It's the same thing. Uh, it's a Simpsons reference. McBain. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the guy takes the wallet out, the picture of the yacht, talking about his kids. He did the whole thing. Yeah. 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 He's like, we gotta go to the and beach. The we gotta leave this place. <laughs> We're gonna go to the beach. Were, were they trying to insinuate that the people of Winterfell might be kind of racist? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I know. Because, no. I, but Miss Sunday goes up to the little white kids. She's like, what's up? And they just leave. And she got the but face like, what the hell? Different. I don't know about racism. No, no. But then, like, Great One's like, yeah, we don't belong here. I'm like, um, because she's look at look at what she's wearing. Look what Grayman like. Grayman was like, 
the only dark person in, in Winterfell. I'm just saying it was very I bizarre. I, I I saw no one get. I saw I saw no I saw no one in Winterfell. Like but I saw no one in Winterfell get shade. Like they just got shaded. Yeah. No. Even and it, it felt it felt different. I didn't yeah. know. When I first saw that scene, I didn't see it as racism. I, I just saw that as like oh. Winterfell isn't uh, open to outsiders. I mean, that was what. Uh, they're scared of uh, no but then that could be uh, dog whistling for racism but I feel like like saying the oh outsiders quote unquote I think, I think in one instance yes it is very much they are they're suspicious of outsiders very king of the north stuff and in an, un, another instance they've never seen anybody who is that far on the color spectrum from snow yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I, also we're ignoring the fact that they're part of Daenerys' army. So I'm I'm assuming that that could be part of it. That they're like, but even children seems, though, like it would be different if they were like grown ups. But, but children, I, I just I feel like children. You'd be like, you're like, you're another adult who's telling me what to do. Like I feel like like it wouldn't be as much of a like thing. Of, I don't. Oh, you're Daenerys and you're you know part of the winter, you know the House of Stark or whatever. Like I I, I felt I don't know like. I could be totally wrong. I'm just saying how I read it when I watched it. I was like, I think, "That's interesting." I think they, they may have. I think they may have stumbled into racism, but they also could have been like, um, "Oh, hey, you know, we're going to show the the actual struggle of what it would be like to be brown." And this this is this is uh, you know this is a tough thing that nobody would talk about, and we're going to talk about it. And actually, is this a bad scene? Is this not good? Yeah, yeah. I feel like. It kind of, in a way, it's kind of highlighting how they can't re- they can't dance around the fact that that Winterfell has become such a weird melting pot, because yeah. everybody kind of hates everybody in a way, because the all the Northerners hate the Wildlings. Yeah. Yep. All the nice watch like all the nice Watchmen that are left also hate the Wildlings. The people from the North don't trust the. Um, Daenerys's people. Yeah. yeah. No one. Tr- no one trusts yeah. any Lannister or anybody who's ever worked with a Lannister. Yeah. And and, and they're Southerners. It's it's so it's, like it's so difficult to. Oh my God! Them. It's like reverse Confederate. <laughs> Explain yourself. Point yourself. Point it. Because because they're so racist. They're even racist against the other white people. They're calling them Southerners. Like in Confederate, they'd call them Yankees. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, that's how that's how bad it is, and it's especially messed up because the Dothraki are so accepting of snow. Also, they're not—they didn't show up. The Dothraki <laughs> were not there. They're playing in the snow, man. Didn't, didn't Daenerys like send off? Yeah, like, I feel like the bu- I, I feel like episode? the yeah, I feel like the budget has got to them with some of the like the Dothraki, for example. Like you know, last week we saw like two of them, like oh yeah, the dragons aren't eating, and that was the only two <laughs> Dothraki we've seen. This week they weren't they weren't there at all. I think even a dragon. I think we'll probably see them back next week because, like, okay, now we need a bunch of stunt doubles to like fight. But like, I I just think that they're like, like, you know, see no evil, speak no evil. Like, if you don't see them, like, they assume we kind of forget that they're supposed to be there. But yeah, just what to say. Like, what if we forget that they're there? But then next week is like, oh damn, we're outnumbered and outgunned, and then Dothraki army just charges forward with like bunch of horses. Like, oh yeah, we forgot about them, and then they just I don't know. They could do that. It could be like, a strategic wait. thing. And again, that's that's how. Say what you want about the show, but it keeps you on your toes because 
again, you could assume that they're going to make the most boring one-dimensional decision, and the one, and it's going to be the one time where they don't. Yeah. So, I'm I'm, I'm still cautious. I'm still cautiously optimistic about how everything will turn out. So I think fifty-fifty on. I don't think there's any guarantee. So I only got like two people deep in my list of who's would be a major death. Like is so like is like Davos a major death? Nah, I put him in the same tier as Grey Worm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think. yeah, but Davos is yeah, online fighter. So yeah, they would have to breach something to get to Davos. He's not he's more of like a like a general in the back. He's not gonna Yeah, he's not like, like a warrior. But I, I, assu- I, I assume they're gonna break through many of the lines. Yeah. I think I'm, he's gonna I'm, I think he's gonna see smoke. I, I think he's major best main characters like potentially would be Brienne. Especially in that room, Brienne, Jamie, and Tyrion. But I think it's only going to be Brienne. Like, if I were a betting man, I'd only put money on Brienne. So you really? So I see. I don't see. I. I. To me, when I, I thought about. It, I thought that Jorah and Grey Worm were the to be the the locks to be dead. Mm, Jorah's a good lock. I. You know what? Jorah would be a personal favorite because I'm sick of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the only person I want to see die more than Jorah is Theon. Uh, yeah. Theon, Theon's probably yeah. good. Theon's probably no, decent like, too. No, no, James. What if somebody? What if the? What if one of the white White Walkers tries to kick him in the dick and he'll kill them all? He he gets so much. <laughs> he gets so strong with So he he could be their secret weapon. I'm just saying. I yeah yeah you know. <laughs> so he's gonna like sumo wrestler waddle out to the battlefield and then just their first instinct is to kick him in the dick and then. No, he's gonna get like obsidian cup. And then I'm they're fun. just going to be like try to kick them, and they're going to turn. They're going to break into shards of ice. All right, Billy, you're off the podcast permanently. <laughs> we we all they're going to kick him in the cup, and then they're going to realize, oh wow, my foot hurts, and then they're they're just going to stab him. They're not going to like have a conga line of kicking him in the in the cup, and then like, but why isn't this working? Oh my god. Okay, this podcast is going to be on the internet, right? Mark uh, my words. Mark yes, my words. Be. Count it. All right. Copy that. Um, so, who else, who else do we think is going to die? Um, tor- tor- so, there's. So, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to list all the names of people who interacted with one another. So, oh, um, so the guy, tor- who, the tor- guy tor- with the eye patch, he gets resurrected from the Lord of Light. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Barrett yeah. Dondarian? Yeah. yeah. Barrett, Barrett's gone. Yeah, well, maybe Melisandre comes back and brings him back to life. In the middle of right? Every time someone does, every time I think of somebody who won't die, um, I like I'm picturing their storyline ending, and him. Honestly, I could see him uniting with Melisandre. Not even she resurrects him, but just the two of them in some context talking about Relor in the future. So I could see him living through this fight. Mm. What and it's the same with the Hound. Like, no one's going to bet on the Hound because they're probably going to do Clegane Bowl. Like, I don't think we need Clegane Bowl. That's been, that's been going on for a long time. Like, like again, people have been playing that for a while. Need, Ever since the Mountain came back. The the, again, it sounds dumb, but 
they've they've invested so much time in the fact that Cersei is still a threat. People are still talking. They still they remember when Cersei lied two episodes ago about how she totally is going to back up their army, and then the next episode, Jamie comes and is like, "Oh, sorry guys, she was lying to you." Like they're really like they're devoting a lot of time to that. So I'm again 50-50 shot. They're gonna they're gonna blow out the Night King in two episodes, and then they're gonna head south to fight Cersei and then do all the fan servicey Clegane Bowl. And I just think I mean they they could do it. Whatever they could do it. I just think that it would be like bad television. I to me yeah yeah, and I'm I'm gonna hope that they're not gonna be in the business of bad television and they won't do that but because again like we talked before the time the timing of it right now the timing of it should suggest that this is again the end of the line for almost everyone that we saw today it doesn't it doesn't make sense especially when you consider they will probably want to go bigger and better with the battles that's one hang up that's a huge hang up I'm having because if you because like we were saying earlier, if you could convince me they were going to do a 40-minute fight and then resolve the ending in the end of the episode, maybe go an hour 15, an hour and 30, two weeks, I could see it happening. But like, well, if next week was credits to credits just fighting, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, And, and that's where I'm leaning. They're going to do a lot of fighting, and then they go well, run out of time. That's six episodes. I'm pretty sure. The, yeah, exactly. I think the battle is going to be, you know, you know, the longest part that that's going to be coming up. However, just because like this is the final season of this show, it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that it's going to like end well narrative wise. There have been like good shows who just didn't end well. Yeah. Like when it comes yeah. to like characters development and like uh, loose ends. Yeah. And, like you know, plot lines being resolved or unresolved. Like the the biggest draw for this season is like the big battle coming up. People just want yeah. people just want to see the battle, and then they want to see who's alive, who's dead, and then like they would just want to go home afterward. The fight's over. Like, <laughs> pick up your popcorn, go home. People, so, I don't think people really care about like the a strong narrative post war. They just want true. They probably just want to to have to satisfy the audience with like, oh, the bad guys losing, good guys winning, and then here are the survivors. You know, yeah. see you for but, the ten thousand spinoffs, like. I don't think it, it'll be resolved like very neatly or um, in a good way, like like for a good show. I think the battle is just what everyone's looking forward to, and I can't really blame them either. Um, we haven't really gone through too many of the story points. I dig how like the conversation has gone this week, so I'm like I'm totally fine with how it went. But uh, a couple of things I did notice. Jamie uh, made it seem very clear that Cersei's pregnancy is real. So, are we supposed to take him at face value with that? You guys think? I think so, yeah, I think especially so in the context of Tyrion saying he knows her the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like Tyrion saying, "Hey, I'm basically turning to you as the expert. Why don't you like settle this right now?" Right. Yeah. Jamie, as the person who's been inside Cersei, can you tell us how wh- what she's thinking? Yeah. Well, what's, what's it like in there? Can you report? <laughs> Describe it. Oh. Um, I do. I did like his line though. Uh, I think it was Jamie who said, uh, 
that Cersei knows how to tell the truth uh, to lie. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was that was good writing. That was a a, a neat line there. Um, what do we make? Uh, you know, it's funny that Billy I mean, Billy brought up the fact that the still some of the Game of Thrones type squabbles, so to speak, are still persisting. And I thought that um, the place where I thought it was most pointed to me was mm-hmm. probably in the conversation with Sansa and and Danny because. It appears that like Daenerys and Sansa are, are kind of starting to get to see eye to eye a little bit when it comes to like you know their stance as women, strong women who have survived the quote unquote Game of Thrones to be where they are now to lead uh, forces of men, and the, the conversation you know deteriorates when Sansa goes back to what happens after this. The North promises never to bow to anyone. Uh, what did you guys I'm, make of that conversation? I really, I'm really glad they had that conversation because uh, a lot like Daenerys and Sansa and like you know these higher generals, ladies and sirs or whatever, they have they're like pretty like single track minded. Daenerys mm-hmm. says over and over she wants to reclaim the throne or reclaim the throne, but then like Sansa's gonna be like, all right, that's cool, but what's gonna happen to us after the war after you've claimed the throne? And then Daenerys just loses all like. Emotion, like they're having a good time, and then she's like, "All right, what's gonna happen to us?" And then this is like, "Uh, yeah, I'm gonna wipe you guys off the map." But she, she can't really say that, can she? So no, but then it's like that, that sort of unspoken, like, "Oh, I don't know what to say." And then Sansa's like, "You know what? You said enough." Like that moment, that scene was like really good. I really like that moment that they had, especially like post pleasantries. But it was and for it, me. It was undercut. It was undercut by the fact that it did. That's why I mentioned it felt like a sitcom at the top of the show, because you know that in every corny sitcom, there's one character like you don't know where they're from or you don't know their last name, and then they're about to say their last name, and then like a, a truck drive by, and you hear like the, the blaring of the truck. <laughs> yeah. So like that's kind of what happened twice in this episode. Sansa and Daenerys are talking, and he's like, and then she says to Daenerys, "Oh, um." what's going to happen with us because we are not going to bow down to anybody anymore. And then she's like, about that. And then someone's like, someone's at the door, Khaleesi. Mm-hmm. And they all, yeah. same thing happened when Jon Snow was telling her about his parentage. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Brown. And you couldn't hear what they said. And it's, it's a little frustrating because both of those moments were very interesting in and of themselves because that especially the Sansa and Daenerys thing because that was the issue I've had for the last season and a half where people were not talking like adults, like human beings. Right. Hey, what's your problem? Let's hash this out. Like that was very that was so good and they almost got to the core of it and then they just swept it away so quickly and so haphazardly. And they did it twice in the same episode. With the same character, like uh, I think the John the John one I think was more forgivable to me because I think for him and where he was and like I think it, I thought it made sense for him to tell to to feel like he couldn't go into this battle with this burden and, and not tell Daenerys. I, I agree the Sansa one was a little weird. The Sansa one felt more like. Uh, like, you know, TV trope than, like, you know, like you said, real people, which is kind of why I, I, they, neither of them bothered me as much as maybe it's bothered you, 
I agree. The 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 the, the Sansa one was a little frustrating because like that was they like she was raising real like story point storyline, yep. Like issues like like you know yep. we had North seen North. the storyline that the North had already said we're no longer bowing down to anyone. We're our own people. John's the king of the North. John threw that away. But like it's very clear, at least it should be very clear. They haven't made it very clear that you know the North never, you know, the North remembers, and yeah. they're not gonna just just forget what they've uh, vowed to do, and the fact that you know the showrunners kind of had them act as if they did didn't make sense. So to see Santa be so forceful with that, I thought was great. I do agree it was unfortunate that Conchie didn't get anywhere, but at the same time, I. I I give him a little bit of a break because at the end of the day, the undead are coming. And I just feel like I, I don't know if any of that's going to matter next week, you know, which I think is the whole point of all of this is that how much is any of that stuff really going to matter if the Night King is at the end of the day, you know, if he's the one who, who reigns supreme. Night King and four. I mean, but again, th- there's only four left. And they still have to talk about Cersei. Like, I know that's a joke. That's a great joke, James. But, like, it's so frustrating. Exactly. Because it's, <laughs> it's so... It's, it's, this show is it's so bizarre because... I feel like they're going to cram so much information in a little amount of time, right? <laughs> like, we mentioned about 20 minutes ago, they're still talking about Cersei's baby. Right. Or lack thereof. And, right. they, and you know what else? They're not talking about the ice dragon. <laughs> Word. That's, <laughs> that's true. They're, they're I thought that was weird, answers, too. Like... Okay, yeah, we take care of the ground troops, and then you know this man that there'll be horseback riders, and then no one mentioned like Viserion like at all. I'm like, no, do they know this is an ice dragon? Well, yeah, it took down the wall. <laughs> oh, Bran told him right, and t- and like everyone who was on the wall and survived saw it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, true. we don't see we them see saying, it. "Hey guys, ice the dragon." They don't know that the ice dragon's alive, I guess. But you, yeah, it no. took down a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I would have just been like Ice Dragon, Ice Dragon, Ice Dragon, Ice Dragon if I saw that shit. Are you crazy? I think I think they're assuming that um Rhaegal and uh Drogon are gonna take care of Viserion. But to not mention it, it's it's weird. Like yeah, they've dropped it is weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird that they're assuming that they don't need to mention it. Especially like, when they're at the war room, like discussing the tactics. Yeah, and they brought their dragons. Yeah, I was surprised that no dragons were mentioned in any of the yeah. conversations. Because I'm just, I, again, I'm not assuming, I don't want to assume anything, but I would think that at some point, uh, say something. Well, at some point, John or and or Daenerys are going to have to be riding dragons at some point. I'm assuming that's part of the plan. Yep. So that's why you went on the date, baby. Yeah, so I thought tactically that would have been something that got brought up. Uh, did anyone does does anyone feel about their plan? Which is Brand's plan, essentially, which is like, hey, leave me out in the open so we can get the night so we can get the Night King and then y'all gotta come in and get this guy. It's the best think, uh, argument that the fight's gonna end in forty minutes. Right. Um, for me it's the fact that the Night King's gonna get got or like he's gonna be way smarter and like realize it's a plan. Realize it's a honeypot. So uh, it, yeah, go sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I don't. I really don't know, man. Because the way that it's so it's so bizarre. Because 
they've telegraphed it so obviously. Yeah, I was just so, about to say the same. So it could have just like, and again, there's four episodes left. So are they just gonna off the Night King in one episode? Because I would not put it past them because there's they're wasting so, so much time. Safe. Yeah, I feel like they've so, been like also, somewhat safe narrative wise. Everything was about the Night King for the last three seasons. Like that's all they were talking about. That's all I've already focused on. It can't just end this quickly. So I am hoping for some sort of I Am Legend-esque plot twist where they team up with Cersei or something. That's what I think I is going to happen. I, I think There that, has to be something more. Hit, it can't be this stupid. Here's, here's how I think it's going to play out. Do that to subvert expectations for this massive show? Hmm. I think what they... Yeah, go ahead. Like, at the end of the day, what I think is that they want to please as many people as possible so that they have viewership for these spinoffs, I guess. I, I, I don't see them as that brave to, like, subvert this huge expectation of, like, um, the enemy survival. I think what I think they're going to, like, follow Bran's plan and, like, have him, like, you know, honeypot in front of the tree or whatever. And then the Night King, like a dummy, is going to show up, like, hey, you know, what up? He's like... <laughs> And then they're gonna like pull pull like the leaf trap from under him. He's gonna fall into a pit of like dragon glass spikes. I I, <laughs> I, I I have no expectation because they've been they've been somewhat safe for a long but time. The one difference wow. though, guys, between this season and previous seasons is there are no seasons after this one. And right. if there's any if there's mean, any reason like before there was marketing reasons, there was financial reasons, there were so many other reasons to continue these characters along the ride and not to kill them off for any reason now there is none there's no reason why anyone has to survive there's no reason you have to give the people what they want people are going to watch these last four episodes regardless of what happens so i mean that's true. so so <laughs> and now i'm not saying that that doesn't mean they still won't do that i'm just saying if there when we compare this season to previous seasons though that's the one thing is that the previous season they had to get to the season <laughs> you know, yeah. like they had to, they had to maintain the interest and maintain viewership, maintain uh, the, the fandom to get to this point. So now they got in here. So now they can, in theory, do whatever they want. I think in theory, I think you made the case they've already done a little bit of what they want by how they've structured this season. Nobody wanted six well, episodes, and nobody when they saw six episodes wanted uh, two episodes of exposition. They've oh, they've already bucked the trend already. But then viewership so, uh, for the season is like in the back. It's cinched. Like they don't like whatever they do. Like you know, with whatever uh, character plot lines they've built up over the over the years. Especially now that they've gone off the book. Whatever they do, people are gonna watch this season. I'm talking about like uh, audience, I guess, recognition or audience, like how satisfactory they found the ending and and whether or not they're they be you know they comply to watch the spinoffs. God knows whatever those are or when they're when they're gonna air. Like this season's good. They they they're gonna get their viewership good. Like season finale is gonna be like a party, like the most viewed TV show on the planet. So uh, yeah. So you said you said it. They got all the stuff that they wanted to get out of the way, and now they're doing what they want to do. What we're In trying theory. to figure out is what they want to do. I know. I, I, I I'm saying do I don't want to dump it down and make it as one dimensional as possible, or are they gonna do something subversive? Right, and I'm right, and I'm saying I don't know what that is, but before the reason they had a specific, obvious reason to make it, quote unquote, dumbed down or quote unquote cookie cutter. That reason is gone. Yeah. That re that reason they had before is gone. 
whether or not they do that anyway is on them. But my point is that when we compare this season to previous seasons, hey, why don't why what what makes us believe they won't do what they've done before? Well, yeah. you have to compare the circumstances. The circumstances here are different. You know, yeah. Vlad brings up a good point about whatever potential spinoffs that may come out. But to me, I think that I don't think that's nearly as great as when you're in season four, you're making a decision, or season five, or season six. We're like, okay, what's gonna, how are we gonna, you know, script this battle of the bastards? How is this gonna work? And you know, you're trying to get to season eight. You're writing a lot differently than when you're at the the sec the third to the fourth to last episode of your entire series. There's a different weight. There's a different attitude. There's a different way you're going about how you're doing that. True. And one thing I wanted to mention before I forget. Yeah. Because, um, again, they threw a lot of stuff at us. So they mentioned the first episode that we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about it last episode, but we mentioned we saw Arya have a design of a weapon that Gendry made her. Yes. It was like a small knife that like ejected and had obsidian or something, whatever. So it still hasn't been made. But knowing how how fan servicey and how fan theory like the writing has been so f- in this season, I feel like Arya is going to try to steal the face of a White Walker and try to stab the Night King. Because Jeez. again, they've devoted multiple scenes to it and it seems so obvious. So maybe she attempts and fails, maybe something, but then if that's the case, then the weapon hasn't been made yet. So maybe, again, there's some sort of twist that extends the Night King's war. Wait, with... but didn't did, Gendry didn't give the weapon to her before they hooked up today? Yeah, I'm with EJ on this. I, I disagree with you, Billy. I think the weapon was made, and it is that weird spear thingy that she has. Yeah, no, I, thought, I, think, I, thought she... I think that design that she drew is like that's gonna like come from the spear that Genji gave her. Right. Like I, I yeah. think I think like we're gonna see the true potential of this weapon like when she uses it. But I didn't they didn't need a reason to like show us a scene from the apartment, you know, in that scene, and I'm fine with that. Again, we don't know what's happening. <laughs> right. I I, you know, I, mean, I, I don't know for sure. Thing. When I when I watched it live, I thought, oh, okay, she's getting the weapon that she designed, and it looked yeah, kind of similar. I know more... in the design she had, it was like separated, but it looked like it came together. So I assumed that the that was like the like a... completed version yeah. of it with the full spear. Oh, I thought no, I, I thought she just picked up a scrap that was on the table and was like, oh, I'll do, I'll deal well, with this. Down, yeah. No, but no, then, no. Like, he handed it to her and he was, was like, here. Then. But the tip of it was dragon glass and like there was like what a a bronze staff and then like the middle of it was like also dragon glass. Yeah, it was weird. Or, it was weird. It looked yeah, like the middle was black. It, it's weird. Yeah, it's also weird because, like you guys are saying in the picture, it looks like it does something, like it separates or it shoots like a projectile, Maybe it and it didn't do that think... something when she oh. was demonstrating with it. I think it just separates into like a smaller needle type weapon. Yeah, I kind of assumed it was like kind of like uh, Nightwing's like baton that can become a long staff, and then he can like separate yeah. them, and then they're two. <laughs> I agree. Um, that, that could... That's what I thought. That's what I thought it was, and I thought that was like apparent. But I thought she was gonna like split it and like look at it, but she didn't. So I'm like, all right, I guess we'll do the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um. So how do you guys feel about now understanding why Tormund's so strong? That's in the books. <laughs> 
That's in the books, by the way. Is it? That's so, pretty cool. That's but not not for nothing. Every cool or interesting line that's ever been said in the show, at, in the last in the first five seasons, is from the books. So like, you could kind of assume that. But yeah, I couldn't remember him, that from the books. I only remember him uh, having sex with the bear. No, that was in the first. That was in the first. But uh-huh. actually, later, they call him Tormund Giant's babe, like the pig babe. And then he says, oh, yeah, they call me Thor- Tormund Giant's babe because I fed at the teat of a giant. And and then they just change it to, to t- Giant's Bane instead of Giant's babe because it sounds cooler or whatever. But, yeah, that was cool. I thought, he would, I thought the story was going to be like he slayed a giant and then, like, absorbed its power or something. Because, like. He did absorb his power through breast smoke. The the (laughs) slain giant. (laughs) I thought like with every giant he killed, he like gained a little bit of power, like some kind of highland. He 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 cooked the giant. Kills them and drinks their milk. Yeah. Okay, good. You you guys want to hear the bear story real quick? No. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, I'm good. I'm I'm already um, already scarred by another sexual encounter. I don't need uh, another. (laughs) I don't need interspecies. You, were you scarred by the Arya sexual counter, uh, Vlad? Because we grew up with her. She used to be a little baby, and now she's all... Oh. I don't know if it's true, but... I, in, this, in this episode, we're like, oh, you know, we're all going to die. Oh, you know, oh, if we live tomorrow, haha, we're not going to live. Oh, let's just, you know, this might be our last night here. Let's do is, what we got to do. And then it switches to Arya, like, questioning Genji's uh, sexual potency. And I'm like, skip, 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 please skip. like, delete, delete, delete. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I get it. They're going to lay together. And Arya, you know, she, she you know, hasn't. I was legit watching that, like, are they going to show her completely undressed? Like, what the fuck? Word. I was like, uh, is that really her? But at the same time, skip, <laughs> skip, skip. I did like the part where they, where it, this is gonna sound weird. <laughs> she took off her shirt, but then they showed, they showed that Gendry saw her scars, and I'm like, okay, she's getting physically and metaphorically naked in front of him, and that's, I guess, cool. It does make them bond a little bit, you know, make the bond a little bit stronger. But then it's like, please skip. <laughs> I didn't need to see. Okay, okay. I, I've seen uh, other people I've aligned have talked about how they were also weirded out. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a weirdo. It and didn't. I knew her as a little baby. I, I, a little I, baby Arya, and then now she's getting. Yeah, you know, I guess. People I don't, don't like. People don't like that. Like in general, they don't like seeing their you know their offspring or whatever you know be yeah. sexually mature. I guess because like Macy has been so out there in the open as a celebrity now. Um, I guess like that kind of didn't like that that didn't arise to me as much so to speak in terms of like the issues like yeah. oh my god i saw her when she was like 14 or whatever um but it's understandable that that was uh that that would have that reaction i i mean as soon as i saw torment or hammering whatever he was hammering in the first scene and tari and, and aria had to look i was like oh this is happening yeah. I, I knew it from the beginning i thought like, oh, this is yeah. happening this episode no, and it, and it was a good call by whoever called it last week, who said that they definitely is a sexual tension there. We yeah, talked about that last week. Uh, Yo, yeah, no, I think it was me because I was talking about it in the books. Yeah, uh, she she has that weird crush on him in the books. Yeah, I think you did mention it, and how like Genji was like rippling with like muscles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she notes that. 
as they're moving up. Because, like, they spend a lot of time together. But, anyway. Um, it's, uh, I, I do like how Tormund is still hell-bent on, uh, <laughs> on getting in the... Getting under Brienne of Tarth's uh, armor. But, under or over. Definitely wants to climb her. <laughs> yeah, he loves that woman. Um, I thought the knighting he of... He shows I, up and he's like, is, is Brienne here? <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought uh, well, one, I thought that they gave him... Uh, uh, he's like the new uh, feminist warrior on the show. When he couldn't believe yeah. that women can be knighted. He was like... If we're going to talk about the books, the way that um, gender stuff with wildlings is very different. Like, they're more equal. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, if you remember in season one and two, um, what's her name? The Egret talks to Jon Snow. and basically, Yeah. But, yeah. So they kind of, basically, it's more, it's less hierarchical with men and women. They're more... But they do have more defined roles, and also like there's a lot of like weird sexual things. Like when in the in the book and the show, when John kidnaps Egret, remember when the when the Night's Watch goes up to the Wildlings to find out what they're doing. Jon yeah, Snow yeah. ties up Egret as like a prisoner. So with the Wildling culture, that kind of to them that means that she is John's wife now. Yeah, in a sense, that's that's, that's his, their courting ritual. You sneak exactly. into someone's so camp. Their courting ritual is like abduction. You so yeah. Like, there's <laughs> but then they also frame it like there's stories of the women who get captured like that and then kill the husbands because they're like fuck you, you're not good enough. So they just like yeah. stab the guy. Mm. So, so yeah, gender stuff is more dynamic when we're talking about the wildlings because it's kind of because women fight too. What? The women, the the women fight as well. Yeah, exactly. And they they feel they they talk about like especially Egret. A lot of the time, she's talking to John about how um they're free. They're they could be together. They could be they could be equals. And yeah, again, there's also this overtone of this very weird um aggressive stuff when it has to do with the the genders. But yeah, basically. From Tormund's point of view, it's kind of like, oh yeah, she's she's big and she could fight. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Right. So, it's, but there's also this undertone of very dark, rapey stuff. So like, it's more established in the books, but there is there's a lot of kernels of it in the show. Like if you watch season sure. one and two and we talk about it. Yeah, um, I also thought that the knighting ceremony was. Uh, one of the nicer moments of the episode. Favorite part of the episode. Yeah. So is, is, that, is that another um, I'm going to retire tomorrow hint? Because Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Brienne dies yeah, a night. Yeah, yeah we, we, we completed Brienne's character arc. She actually smiled. So that brings about, you know. And, like, cried. Thing. Like, she, like, she, like, I felt like she definitely was she choked up. She never smiled or cried. She was choked up. Or maybe she, she dies saving. Or maybe she saves Jamie and Jamie dies. No, she, I, I like. Th- there's a part in the trailer if you watch it again where um, they're showing like people fighting on the walls, assumingly Winterfell. There's like fires going on in the background, and Jamie's like looking off, off into the distance, screaming no in like slow motion. Mm. Oh, I, 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 
think I remember that shot. The, that this is every time I say I think Brienne's gonna die, I can see that shot clearly in my mind's eye. <laughs> you little three-eyed raven. Yeah, I see everything. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think like that I like a lot because one, I think that's what you do in those moments, kind of like Podrick singing about um, Jenny of Old Stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a it, which is very much like the Reigns of Casimir. It is a song in the book that is referenced a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, uh, Jamie actually knighting her. Like I think that would happen in the books. Honestly, I think like not just him choosing to do that, but him doing it in sort of secret renegade ceremony where it might just be the two of them and the gods as their witness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then um, there's also, there's also a lot of ceremonies like that in the book where, let's say, like when Rob said that Jon Snow should be the heir to Winterfell and then no one knows about it. So uh, there's an issue of there's a difference when we're watching the show and we could literally see it happen and we know it happened. Yeah. As opposed to the books that are more fragmented where stuff like that happens all the time, but there's no compelling narrative that just brings them all together and they all know each other's information and they don't really need to talk. Yeah. So, yeah, but I I like that moment because it's a really special moment between the two of them. And it, it, it's, it's kind of about Jamie's redemption as much as it's about, um, Brienne being overqualified for this position and like getting something that she is it's past due for her. so it, it's satisfying to watch it right. was yeah it was a good moment. yeah we, we rarely get those really just genuinely good moments where it's just like oh I'm happy for everybody here Tormund got up and was clapping like a madman he's like mm. fuck yeah because she seemed so genuinely even though he couldn't understand what was happening he was genuinely happy for it was a it was a beautiful moment, all in all. It was a beautiful moment that may be a precursor to some uh, really difficult <laughs> moments next week. Uh, any any last thoughts before we uh, wrap it up, wrap this show up at least? Uh, any the one? Uh, oh, go ahead, Vlad. No, that was Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, I, was, I I thought it was funny that no one is addressing the fact that. Bran is already where he needs to be at all times. And then <laughs> when people are like, oh, let me help you over there. He's like, no, I got it. Oh, right, 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 right. Like, You're right. Like he's secretly teleporting there. I, because I he, does not, that too. he literally he does not. He moves through time and that's how he moves through space. My, why not? Tyrion <laughs> <laughs> made the point to help him and he was like, no, I'm good. And I've never seen Bran like physically roll his wheelchair. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just... You know. Also, uh, I didn't even know he had weird. We had like these. We had like a couple scenes that I felt maybe were out of order. Like, wasn't Bran in the room with Tyrion by the fire? Or was that was a different was that room. The war room when they were. That was a different room. That was a war room. And yeah. Tyrion, Everyone leaves, leaves him in that room because he ends up in the room with the fire. Yeah, which is like I think yeah. in the lower level. It looks very house. similar. I will give you that. Yeah, yeah the, but and also like, why would Tyrion go from one room to the other, and why not tell it show us any part of their conversation? 
at all. Because the the conversation is is boring. I guess it's alleged to be like, oh, this is what happened a few seasons ago. Like, yeah, I think that I think that conversation is like boring. Like it's Brand it talking about like you know all weird stuff he's been through and. Like, but then I wonder then, why they make. But I think it was it, it was funny that like Tyrion, I think the, I think the point of the scene was supposed to be funny that like Tyrion like was like I'm gonna die tomorrow. I got time to hear your why you're so weird. <laughs> like yeah, because he like him, what is your no deal? Presses him because Bran is like weird. Bran, yeah. stop being weird. And then Tyrion's like, Nah, I'm good. I'm immune to your BS. Yeah, I want to hear this. I'm gonna sit down. And you're gonna tell me right now. And that no, was like, um. I, it felt weird to me that Sam. They show the scene where Sam presents Heartsbane after they show the scene where Sam is standing in the wall at the wall. Like this is it. We're just gonna stand here all night. I thought that was gonna be the episode wrap because the way the camera panned over their heads, I'm like, wow, that's a great way to end the episode. And they just cut to the next scene. And they like, just okay. kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he do? Wait, I forgot this one important thing. Oh, maybe, <laughs> wait, 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 wait don't, I, don't cut yet. I feel like they might. I mean, maybe there was a, a part in the script where maybe at one point that was the end of the episode, and then maybe like they decided no, like maybe the episode originally didn't end with like you know John telling Danny, hey. I'm the real, I'm the one who's supposed to be on the throne, not you. Like, maybe it's supposed to end like that. And maybe that's supposed to start more with, like, what we saw. But to me, it's like, like, you wouldn't show Tyrion in the room with that, with everybody together at the fireplace, and then show him going to talk to Bran. Well, that was, was that before? I thought that was after. It is after. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't switch the order of those two scenes. No, I mean, I thought that, I thought that, uh, Bran and him were be- was before that. It is all right. I, I I didn't think it was. I didn't think that that was weird. No, to me because to me it's like because to me it's like you have the you have the scene where they like plot everything out and they're all right. We have our game plan. Like everybody gets some rest and like they go do whatever yeah. they want to do. So like Tyrion goes and drinks <laughs> and he right. talks with he talks with his brother and then like you know all the other people are like ah I can't sleep. Let's all talk. It's cold. I like how he overfills Podrick's cup too. I like that moment. That was nice. That was yeah, nice too. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Those two scenes, the two scenes with Tyrion, make sense to me. Yeah. All right, he's by himself with Bran. All right, then he leaves and he's hanging out with everybody else. But the scene with Sam doesn't because he's like, all right, I'm oh, gonna yeah. stay here all night and just watch with you. And then the next scene, he's hand of the sword. He went, over, ba- he went like, back downstairs. Yeah. What? Well, John, like, well, the same thing with John and Danny. I mean, it's the exact same thing. Like, oh, then yeah. John is in the crypt, you know, like. Yeah, oh, you're totally right. What you know, f- yeah. No, but I think, I think John, well, but Sam was going to be in the crypt anyway, right? Because Sam is not a fighter. So he was like, all right, before he's saying bye to John and um, the, the least important of his night. Watch friends. Yeah, and I don't know. Like as Torres calls him Neville. I, yeah, I only know Pippin Gren. I don't know oh, Dolores Ed. I think it's Dolores Ed. So, I think that guy's name is Ed. So it's Ed and oh, Johnson. If that's Ed, that's crazy. But yeah, go ahead. Man, I don't know. So, um, so they're just standing there, and I think Sam is saying bye because Sam. They established that Sam's not a fighter, so he's like, "All right, bye, my nice watch friends." And then he goes, "Oh, he goes downstairs." Like, oh. By my um, my mentor's son, who's kind of a me- fuck up, and I'm gonna give you my his sword. So I feel like that's why it, it, it felt weird. But Sam wasn't gonna be up there at, during the end times to begin with. But then also Tyrion was up there, 
So like that all that was a little weird because I wasn't sure. Like I felt I couldn't tell if they were taking Sam seriously when he was like, "No, I want to fight." And they started joking. I was like, wait, so are they going to allow him to fight or not? Because, like, he kind of tried. He made what he thought, I think, was a compelling case that, hey, I should actually be out there fighting. Yeah. So so even that was, like, confusing. So, like, I mean, what you're saying, Billy, makes sense. But I didn't didn't even get the impression for sure that he actually wasn't going to be fighting. But then, so, and my my mind is kind of reeling about. Because, again, we've been talking for about an hour. And I'm thinking, and I'm just trying to think of what kind of twists could happen because I'm because I'm hoping for something interesting. So mm. we mentioned so before I remember in season one when they went to the fist of the first men and like the White Walkers just decided not to kill Sam. Yeah. Like that was always like an eerie weird thing that happened, but like again, maybe it's I am legend esque twist. Maybe they're they're they want something else. So something other than world destruction. Because they, because Sam mentioned it this episode, so it made me think of the fist and the first men, mm-hmm. and how he was not killed. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's probably not. Cause, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. But yeah, that would be. Well, know. we'll know a lot more in a week's time, and you guys should join us back next week. We all talk about it. We could be in mourning. We could be frustrated. We could be happy. Who knows what emotion we will have following next week's episode. But sure enough, we will be here to talk about it all. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the of the uh, Throne Tales podcast. Talking about Season 8, Episode 2, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. We will be back next week for the uh, epic battle that's going to happen in Winterfell between... Uh, what's left of House of Stark and Daenerys' army against the White Walkers and the Night King. So make sure you join us for that. Uh, make sure you catch all of our podcasts on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Uh, and make sure you follow uh, us on social media on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, on Facebook, New Generation Media, and on Twitter at New Generation Pod. You can catch me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. Uh, thank you guys for joining me, uh, Vlad, uh, James, Billy. I'm EJ. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.